0: Well, can you imagine the stress? Sabrina, the psychic, the astrologer, the stargazer, is on radio talkback. And the call comes in. Sabrina, I have a recurring dream. Can you tell me what it means? Certainly, she said. "Uh, Tell me the dream. Oh, no, 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 no. I want you to tell me my dream, and then I want you to tell me the meaning of it. Now, that is stressful for any psychic, but that is precisely what Nebuchadnezzar required of the magic men of Babylon. Not only that they tell him the meaning of his dream, but they tell him the content of his dream. And, of course, the magic men of Babylon said, only the gods know that. But Nebuchadnezzar said, I'll tell you limb from limb if you don't tell me both the content and the meaning of the dream. And you know the story in the book of Daniel, that Daniel and his three companions go away and they pray. And God reveals to them what only God knew, the content of the dream and the meaning of the dream. Prayer is asking God to do what only God can do. I've got a friend who's just come to be the minister of a Presbyterian church, which was awarded to the Presbyterian church after union in 1977. And he had people in the congregation, when he started to talk about the growth of the church, who said, this church has never grown, and this church never will grow. And so he made the inspired choice of starting a series on Nehemiah, on prayer on the theme that prayer is asking God to do what only God can do, because growth ultimately comes from God. Now, if you can remember 12 months ago, we thought that 2021 was going to be a lot better than 2020, and along came Delta strain, and 21 has been a lot worse than 2020, and now we're on the cusp of 2022, and we think that 2022 is going to be a lot better than 2021, and along comes Omicron. How do you approach it? Well, we come today to Mark 14 in the Garden of Gethsemane, and we see here a good pattern for handling a stressful situation. How do you handle stress? I find the older I get, the more stressful I become, especially my computer won't do what it promises to do. Now, I put it to you that to pray sounds simple, but we all find prayer hard. I find prayer hard but I don't want the fact that I find prayer hard to disqualify me from preaching to you a sermon on prayer because it's a sermon as much to me as it is to you. Do you pray? Someone said our prayers are really our creeds. What part does prayer play in your response to stress? Same question. What part does God play in your response to stress? In 1853, Hudson Taylor sets out from Scotland on the Dumfries to go to China, and he becomes becalmed in his sailing ship off an island, and he's drifting towards a reef, and they're going to be shipwrecked, and he notices that on the beach, there are a lot of cannibals running up and down, looking forward to the meal they're going to have of Hudson Taylor and his friends. And Hudson Taylor said he took the Christians on board, and they went downstairs, and they prayed. They prayed. And God did what only God can do. A breeze sprang up and they were saved. Prayer is asking God to do what only God can do. What part does prayer have in your response to stress? Now we come to Mark chapter 14. If you have your Bibles open there, please. And we know that from the middle of the second century, there was a man by the name of Papias who told us that Mark's primary source For his gospel was the Apostle Peter. So bear that in mind as we read this section from verse 26 to 42. And I just want to make two points this morning because the cricket's going to start. So it's not going to go on and on, okay? And the two points I want to make are firstly, look at the stressful environment and then we're going to look at the effective prayer itself. Well, let's look at the environment. Look back to chapter 14, verse 1. And you'll see that immediately Mark tells us that there is stress. Verse 1, the Jewish leaders intend to kill Jesus. Verse 3, he is anointed, as you anoint a body, in preparation for burial. Verse 10, he foretells the betrayal by Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 whom Jesus has chosen. Verse 12, he institutes the Lord's Supper as the Passover, but where is the Passover lamb? He is to be the Passover lamb. His body, his blood poured out. Verse 43, he is betrayed, just as he knew he would be, by Judas, and he is arrested. And verse 53 says, he's taken to what we would call a kangaroo court, a court which is rigged. Look at verse 59, the witnesses, all false witnesses, yet they couldn't even agree about their false testimony. About their false testimony, they couldn't get the story straight. Now, this is the environment for Jesus' betrayal, an unjust court case, death. And have a look at verse 27, because Jesus' mind goes back to the Old Testament, to the book of Zechariah, and he says, you will all fall away the shepherd will be struck. And of course, when the shepherd's struck, the sheep will be scattered. And that's what's going to happen. The shepherd is going to be struck and you'll all be scattered. But look at verse 28, underline that. It's a brilliant verse, isn't it? But after I am raised, I will go before you to Galilee. But no one came up and said, hey, what did you say? Tell me, say that again after you're raised. Like someone sitting in church with their camera with their smartphone, and they've got bing, 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 and they're looking at all this, and the preacher's saying great things, but they've got their head buried in the smartphone. And so Jesus says, after I'm raised, I'll come back to you in Galilee. They completely ignore him. Nobody comes up and says, tell us that again. What's this about resurrection? No one comes up and says, what did you say? Their heads are buried in the phone, and they ignore him. Verse 31, Peter says emphatically. Now remember, Peter is the source. And he says to Mark, now underline that. I said emphatically. I won't deny you. And as I looked around, the other 10, they all said exactly the same. We won't deny you. And yet he said to me, three times you'll deny me. And I did, three times, before a servant girl and before bystanders. Now, friends, that's the stressful environment. Hated by the Pharisees, betrayed by his own, denied by his keenest supporters, not listened to, talks about the resurrection and has it ignored, goes straight over them. Abandoned by all, that's stress. And verse 32 tells us they came to Gethsemane, that's stress. Gethsemane translates as the press. The olive press. But the whole idea of the word is the wrath pressing down. It's an uncomfortable place. And it's a garden, but it's a weird name for a garden. It's the garden of press. And that's the environment. And now, secondly, we come to the effective prayer. Look at verse 32. Out of the 11, Jesus takes Peter, James and John. Oh, they're the inner circle. They're the cream of the cream, are they? Well, Peter's about to deny him. And James and John earlier have said, put us on the right and left hand in the coming kingdom, will you? Because they want to be prominent. There is nothing impressive about Peter, James and John. In fact, Jesus says in verse 38, when he finds them sleeping, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But there, there is witnesses, and they use rare words. Have a look at verse 33. Look at these words. Jesus was greatly distressed. We'd never seen him like that. And he was troubled. Verse 34, he was sorrowful to the point of death. And there, as we watched, verse 35, he fell on the ground. And they must have thought, man, if he's like this today... What is he going to be like tomorrow when he goes to the cross? But, of course, no one ever died like Jesus died. Physical death is agonizing enough, but he was to bear the weight of human sin. That was all pressing down on him. The Father's wrath was poured out on him. He is the man of sorrows. He is acquainted with grief. He is crushed for our iniquities. He is forsaken by God. And verse 36, here is the prayer. It's a brilliant prayer, isn't it? Verse 36, it simply says, and he said, Abba, Father, an ancient word meaning dad. Now, I had a father, of course, but I never called my father father. I always called my father dad. Dad because that's the personal word, that's the relational word. And Abba means literally the personal relational word. Jesus cries out and says, Abba, Father, notice all things are possible for you. Please remove this cup from me, but nevertheless, (coughs) not what I will, but what you will. Now, there is the prayer. And, of course, uh, in the next verse 39, that's emphasised again. And again, he went away and prayed, saying exactly the same words. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Now, let me just say three things about this prayer. First, prayer positions us. It positions the Lord Jesus as the Son on his in dependence on his Abba Father. All things are possible for you. Verse 35. If it is possible, let this hour pass me by. But, of course, Jesus knew that not all things are possible for God. Not all things are possible for God. It is not possible for God not to be God. God must always be God. And God never acts contrary to himself. And so if this cup is to pass from him, where is God's wrath going to go? Remove this cup from me, the cup of God's wrath. Someone must drink it. The nations must drink it. I must drink it for my sin. You must drink it for your sin. Or someone must drink it on our behalf. And earlier in this gospel, if you look back to chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus says he has come to give his life a ransom for many. He has come to drink the cup of God's wrath. And so if Jesus doesn't drink it, then I must drink it. And you must drink it. That's why that that wonderful song, lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me. Lead me to Calvary, because there God's just wrath against my sin, all my sin, all their sin, all your sin, the betrayal, the denial, the greed, the indulgence, the idolatry, the dullness, all laid on him. And this prayer positions Jesus as God's dependent son, and prayer will position you as God's dependent child. But the second thing, notice, is that prayer prioritises. Look at verse 36. Jesus says, not my will, but what you will. My bread and butter, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. When you pray, pray like this. Your will be done. Here's the clearest contrast, isn't it, between the two gardens, the Garden of Eden right at the beginning which caused all the problem because God's will was ignored and now the Garden of Gethsemane, in which God's will is given paramount importance and it's because God's will is given paramount importance that the problem of the Garden of Eden is solved. There's no cop-out here. In the midst of the pressure, it is the will of Abba Father which is the safest place for me to be. It is the will of Abba Father in 2022 which is the safest place for me to be. It's not to be avoided, not to be ignored. And so anguish here, there's a sense of priority. Tomorrow when Jesus faces Calvary, he faces it with remarkable calmness because he sees here and has established here the priority of the will of Abba Father. And then, third, of course, the third thing prayer does is that it leads to protection. It is effective. Luke tells us immediately the angels came and strengthened the Lord Jesus. Mark infers it. Because Mark shows us how Jesus comes now and with resolute determination goes forward. He says, look at verse 37, this must have hurt Peter. He said to Peter, the rock, who is not living up to his name, Simon, are you asleep you can imagine Peter saying, you know, he gave me the name Peter. Why didn't he use it? Peter means the rock. And he called me Simon because I was anything but a rock. Simon, are you asleep? He's abandoned. He's denied, but he is strengthened. Verse 41, it is enough. The hour has come. Jesus faces the cross with calmness. The battle is won in the olive press of the prayer in Gethsemane. The soldier who is calm in battle, sweating on the eve of battle, all in the turmoil. And before Jesus goes to the cross, through prayer, as others sleep, he is positioned as a dependent son. He is given the priority. This is the place to be, the will of God. And God protects him. Dear friends, we may do things other things as well as pray. But we must never never do things instead of prayer. We're a church family. Will you join me in prayer? Now, just give you some hints. Uh, we've been using an Anglican prayer book. Now, these are very easy to get, you know. You go to a local Anglican church, they don't seem to use them anymore. And so I went to the one at Top Ride and I asked the, pre- the, the, the pastor there, who I knew, would you have a prayer book? He said, certainly. And he even wrote in the front of it, uh, everyone that comes home to Mother Church eventually. Welcome back, he says. <laughs> but I tell you what, it's a great prayer book. And pray the prayers in there. Pray the general confession. Pray the general thanksgiving. They are wonderful prayers. Here's another prayer book. It's a prayer of Puritan prayers. It's called The Valley of Vision, a wonderful book. Here's another one on my library shelf which I which I love. It's a Peter Marshall who was the uh, uh, chaplain to the US Senate in post World War II. Listen to his prayer on this Sunday or it was Friday the 31st of December 1948. Listen to this. Why not pray this? Oh God, our Father, may the year that is past teach us and not torment us. Help us to be realistic about ourselves. May we not steal credit for success, nor deny blame for failure. Give us the grace to take things as they are, and to resolve with your help to make them what they ought to be. In the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Great prayers, just to supplement your own praying. And here's something. Most churches have got something like this. It is called a hymn book. Open up at a hymn and pray it. Let me pray a hymn you will know. Am I weak and heavy laden? Cumbered with a load of care? Jesus only is my refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do my friends despise, forsake me? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield me you will find a solace there. Prayer books, hymn books, five continents. Monday, pray for Africa. Tuesday, pray for the Americas. Wednesday, pray for Asia. Thursday, pray for Australia. Friday, pray for Europe. Uh, Get some photos of people at coffee, at church. Stick them in a, a photo album and divide them up to the five days of prayer and start praying for people. A friend of mine, John Chapman, had a big, thick photo album, album, and he just divided it into the five days in which he prayed and went through and looked at the people, his friends, and he prayed for them. We're a family. Let's pray for one another. Remember that in Bible reading, I'm taking in the promises of God. God is speaking to me, and in prayer, I'm speaking to him and I'm standing on the promises of God. So 2022, what place will prayer play in the stress? What place will God play in the stress of 2022? When we pray, we are asking God to do what only God can do. And when I pray, I'm positioned as a dependent child, I have a priority and see God's will and purpose is first and foremost and I am protected because God does what only God can do. Let's pray. Our heavenly Abba Father, teach us, strengthen us, help us to pray and we will give all glory to you as you do what only you can do And we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.